You gotta get you some good people who see the vision and they're honest enough to say that shirt don't go with them pants. <laughs> you can't be around people who say you killing it every outfit you put on. There ain't no because it's not true. So you gotta be around some people that say them shoes. That's what you're doing. You gonna do them shoes. Yeah. With that? <laughs> and you have to be willing to not go to the default of you hating. No, they ain't. They knew you when you didn't have a That was Alfred Langston Finesse Mitchell. Y'all know him as Finesse. He's joining us today on Naked. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating While Broke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with us. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. They girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with Hey everyone, I hope you had a good Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, whatever it is that you celebrate, I celebrate Christmas. I hope you had a good Christmas. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are approaching the new year. 
You know, it's funny around this time, everyone's like, what is your your New Year's resolution? What are you doing for the new year? I don't even put New Year's resolutions out every day. Every day, I'm just trying to get better. I, <laughs> if I had a New Year's resolution, it would be get rich, stop working, sit at home, drink rosé. That's my New Year's resolution. But I don't know if that's how that works. <laughs> but today on the podcast, we have actor, comedian, all around good guy, uh, Finesse Mitchell. It's interesting because I always feel like uh, when we book people for the show, for Naked, I'm like, I think I met that person before. You you know, in this career, you meet so many people uh, high and by. And I had met him. And it was nice to actually sit and talk to him. He is from Atlanta, so you'll hear that. But he has a very interesting story of how he became a comedian, forward-facing, if you will. He... Actually, which is is so interesting, he actually played football. He walked on the team at the University of Miami. He won a chip. He makes sure he tells that. Everybody got to brag. Okay, he'll tell y'all too. Uh, And then he thought he'd be a singer, literally, or a rapper. And being self-aware is a good thing. He was like, look, I ain't got talent for that. But he did try out this stand-up thing, and it seems to work. It seemed to stick. And then, of course, you know, I got to be in everybody's business because... I have heard over and over again that comedians are really sad when they're not on and they are usually the quietest people in the room. I heard that on a podcast. Maya Rudolph said that on a podcast and she's one of my favorite comedians, one of my favorite comedic actresses. She spent some time on SNL, much like Finesse did. And I was just curious about his life story and his trajectory. And again, because it is the holiday season, we touched on what happens when you are not as successful and usually when it's quiet and no one is around, your mind starts to think of what you didn't do. And this is that season. You're not necessarily busy with family and friends. You usually have time off. You're not at work. Things slow down um, tremendously. Hollywood especially shuts down. If you're in the business, it just shuts down. And then you start to think about what you don't have when you have a lot of quiet time. And this is all wrapped up in a conversation that we had about uh, Stephen Twitch uh, boss, the the DJ on Ellen who who took his own life. And while I'm not trying to depress anybody, I want to make sure that I'm being responsible with the message of how to find your identity outside of your career. Something that I have struggled with most of my career. When you are quote unquote a name, people start to really identify you only as that and what you do. Now, what happens when you stop working? What happens when you don't do that anymore? Do you still matter? And of course, the answer is yes. So I appreciate his time. I appreciate how honest he is. And I appreciate that he just took the time to talk. He didn't think he had to be funny the entire time. But he still is funny. Uh, Sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Naked. Welcome, Finesse, to the podcast. All right. So Finesse Mitchell, welcome to Naked. You, I'm glad you're fully clothed. People think when they come on, they have to um, be naked, but that is not the case. I am glad that we're keeping it PG for the folks. I, I was doing my research. And as I said to you before we started recording, I was like, I, I, we, I feel like we know each other. Do people tell you whether they've met you or not because you have that face and because you've done so much, they just feel like they've met you before or that they know you? Yeah, well, out here in L.A., Sometimes they think I'm Derek Fisher, so they think they know me. And then uh, everywhere else, it's because they've seen me in the South. It's more of a comic view thing. You know, I know you from comic view. I'm, I yeah. always get in the South. And, and, and then if they're under 25, they say, I know you from Ant Farm, being China's dad on the Disney Channel. 
Okay. And uh, other than that, just a pleasant face that makes people feel warm and invited. So, yeah. I think that's the latter part. Well, all three are true, but the latter part probably might be the overarching. Uh, you do look like Derek Fisher. I was not going to tell you that because I know everybody probably tells you that. And he doesn't always, depending on who you talk to, have the best reputation. So I wasn't going to bring it up. But all do right. they walk up to you and be like, so what's up? You know, why you did this and do that? Why you try to? Why were you and Matt Barnes fighting? Do they be coming at you like that? Or is it just like, hey, Derek Fisher? Hey, back in the day when uh, he was balling and uh, his face was a little slimmer. And I was a little chunkier. We, I would get that. And I was like, I got to see this guy because I don't even know. Being from Atlanta, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. And then uh, after a while and getting acclimated to L.A., I'm like, oh, I'm a Laker? Let's go to the club. <laughs> they, everybody know me. They don't think I'm Derek. Get me in. I'm about to do it. Yeah, of course. Well, you just alluded to that. You you live in L.A., but you're from Atlanta. Um, tell me how you grew up. Was it what particular neighborhood? You, mother, father, siblings? What's the situation? Uh, beautiful mother who just left me, 81 years mm-hmm. young. Uh, she Meaning she just left L.A. She oh, came to visit okay. me. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> Oh, well, that's uh, awful. <laughs> you know, I was so proud of her for getting. Yeah, I'm all like, like, you gotta, you know how black folks talk. Just left. We don't say the words. We di- we allude to it. Okay, good. Your mom just left Los Angeles. We cleared that up. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. uh, school teacher. Uh, she was actually my kindergarten teacher. Uh, we're from Southwest Atlanta, as we like to say, the SWAT. SWAT. Mm-hmm. And so. If I actually drop down into my Southwest Atlanta voice, everybody be like, man, you sound like Andre 3000. So I try to speak a little bit on the uptick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, played sports, played football all my life, went to the University of Miami, walked on the football team back in the 90s, won a championship ring, uh, walked off the football team, uh, pledged Kappa. Um, and then next thing I know, uh, me personally, I saw I started watching a lot of comedy. I don't know why. I wanted to get in the music industry. I wanted to be a rapper. I didn't. I didn't sound that great on the mic after I pl- hit the playback. I'd be like, "That's me." Yeah, let me get into management. Or something else. So, uh, next thing I know, I uh, I went to an open mic night in South Florida, uh, the the Miami uh Improv, Coconut Grove Improv, and I did open mic night and got a standing ovation. And the dude told me to come back next week. And then next week, I invited all my friends back and got booed. And so uh, after that, I was hooked. (laughs) I can't believe I got booed. He was like, why didn't you do what you did last week? I said, I didn't know you could do that. He was like, yeah, fool. You just say the stuff that worked. I was like, oh, nobody told me. I just thought you'd just get up there and be funny. And uh, next thing I know, I I was hooked. I just kept going back week after week. Uh, hanging out in comedy clubs after work. I used to sell uh, insurance, Medicare insurance, worked for Humana. And uh, and then next thing I know, uh, Comic View was coming to Atlanta and Ricky Smiley was the host. And I was like, I'm going to Atlanta, see if I get on Comic View. And I was an alternate. Somebody fell out. They gave me my shot. I never looked back after that. And, and ignorance, is, ignorance is bliss because once I saw me on TV on Comic View, I moved out to L.A. like, I'm ready, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so moved out to L.A. and uh, ran out of money quickly. Was living uh, jungle adjacent, as I like to call it. And uh, was just wait, waiting for that opportunity. And, uh, and then Tracy Morgan was leaving Saturday Night Live and they was looking for the new black guy. 
And and back in 2003, me and Keenan Thompson, we auditioned with a gang of other black dudes and we ended up getting hired to be on SNL and it took off from there. You know what's interesting about the the life of certain comedians? I love how, not all, but you know, some that I've interviewed as of late, they, how they stumble into the business and they're like, well, Jay Farrell, because you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, Saturday Night Live. He was like, no, I knew that's what I was going to do. I knew it like right away. And you've had a life like you sold insurance, you played football in college, you on a chip, you, no. you know, you had all of these other things that happened uh, to you. And, and, and when you realized you were funny, you were like, that's it. Did you ever feel like, you knew when you got on stage, you were meant to perform. You knew that you were going to perform in some way in life, but you, you had no idea be, being a comedian or you were like, I am going to be a comedian the very first time you did it. That's it. Hell no. Right. <laughs> no. I was that dude. I was always uh, socially a step above, I felt like, when it just came to... I. I, I I don't know, just being from Atlanta and being in those social settings and, you know, black Atlanta back then was just thumping and, 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 you know, everything about black Atlanta in the, you know, late, early eighties and, you know, early night, it's just like, oh, we supposed to be leaders. We're supposed to be. Wait, made. time out. Time out. What's huh? black Atlanta? Cause Atlanta's still black to me. What, what, what's, is it, is it not black Atlanta now? It's still black Atlanta, but black Atlanta is when. We are the mayor, the sheriff, the the council people like black Atlanta in those times was unheard of. So I refer to it as, I guess, you know, like black, black Atlanta. But now it's super black. It's OK, black OK. <laughs> First of what all, I, what, I guess what, I, what, what I'm trying to say is that uh, Atlanta had so many black leaders compared to its neighbors. You know, okay. so we still okay. refer to it as Black Atlanta, where Georgia is Georgia, but For Atlanta sure. is. So, um, you know, so when I went down to Miami, you know, I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be a leader on a football team that had a gazillion leaders. So that didn't necessarily work out for me. But as far as just the social scene on the campus of the University of Miami, you know, I knew I wanted to be a leader and throw the parties and and, uh, you know, provide stuff for black people to do um, because it's a very small campus, even though it has a very popular football team. Um, and then after that, just everywhere I went, I knew I was going to do something. And I didn't know what I was. I always felt that I was great at everything, you know, like decent grades and, you know, people like being around me. So I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? And I don't know why I spent all those years in school just to just to be a comedian. But I, I fell in love with it the first time I touched the mic. Like, I wanted to be a rapper. I wanted to rap. And it just didn't sound right. <laughs> no, that's a real thing. I wanted to be a rapper. What are you talking about? Like, depending on how life was. And then I was like, that's just not feasible for me. But I I was like, Mom, I want to be a rapper. She's like, no, you don't. And I was like, okay. She killed my dream. So I, I understand you. your dream. You were self-realized uh, or actualized, as people would say. You knew that you couldn't be a rapper because you couldn't rap. Is that is that what we're hearing? I wanted to be an R&B singer. I got we was I was in an R&B group in Miami and then I realized I couldn't sing. Then I just said, oh, I'm not supposed to do either one of those because in the group, I sounded great. When we went in the studio and you go in the booth by yourself, I'm like, who is that? It's like, that's you. I was like, well, let me be the manager. 
So, you know, <laughs> but but always- that's my <laughs> point. You wanted to perform. You knew that you were going to be a performer in some capacity. In some capacity. When, what did you when you start when you did, got on stage and you laughed the first time and it made everybody laugh the first time and then when you went back and you got booed. What was it that you killed at? When you got up there, do you remember what your set was? Do you remember what your jokes were that very first time you did it? Well, the very first time I did it, it was just this, it was this clever thing that I made up in the moment. There was this woman heckling everybody. And I mean, literally from the host to whoever, and they couldn't, they didn't want to put her out, but they was like, miss, you, you got to shut up. And she kept going, ah, she just kept making that noise. And so he said, okay, you can do that with me. I'm the professional. The host did. But when these open micers come out, she kept doing it. So when I went up there, one of my jokes was, hey, man, how many of y'all went to uh, public school? And half the crowd, they was clapping. You know, I was like, well, in public school, you know, they got like a, a, a bell for every like natural disaster. I said, um. You know, if it's a tornado drill, they go ding, 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 ding. We all line up, get against the wall. I said for a hurricane drill, they'd be like, we know we put our heads between our legs and get up on the desk. I said for a fire drill, we didn't have no bell or alarm. We just had that drunk bitch in the back going. And she liked it too, obviously. She laughed. It was dying. And so the dude was just like, oh, man, you funny, man. You just made that up. You, you got a gift, man. Come back next week. And I was like, OK. And then next week, Carrie, I showed up in a shirt and tie. I invited my friends. <laughs> and when I tell you I heard the worst sound, because not actually getting booed, but silence is the worst, worst. sound you can ever hear. And it, and, it, and it's so deafening that uh, my three minute set, it felt like 20 minutes. But and nobody said nothing. You could I couldn't even talk about somebody's mama or somebody's shirt because nobody said nothing to me first. So it was just one of those. Okay, uh, well, what else I got? And then I heard this, and this is actually the worst sound you can hear in comedy. When somebody do this, that thing was so loud. <laughs> this girl looked at me. She was just like, and I was like, wow. And then after that set. All my friends, they left, they waved. They was like, all right, Finesse, appreciate you. All right. They all left. And I was over there by myself. And the host was like, man, what happened to that thing you did last week, man? And I was like, you can repeat stuff? And he was like, yeah, man, you're supposed to repeat stuff and build on that. And I was like, oh. I said, well, I'm going to come back next week. He said, okay, come back next week. And then I just kept growing and learning and realizing it was something you had to work at. And I accepted the challenge. And, you know, three years after that, I was on Comic View. Four years after Comic View, I was on <laughs> SNL. Well, here's my question. You mentioned the fact that it was three minutes, but when no one is responding, it felt like 20 minutes because silence is deafening for a comedian. Silence is deafening for people who are artists, period, and you need uh, some type of call and response. That leads me to the idea of failure. And when you don't do well at something as a comedian, how does that sit in your spirit? How do you get over that? Well, you know, thank God I had those type of parents that was like, oh, you're going to fail, but mm. you're going to respond. And a lot of times when you grow up, when you grow up in sports and, and being involved in, in activities, organized sports activities, you're going to lose. 
And so it's not like you don't show up for practice that Monday. You got to show up and still do them 25 jumping jacks and them and them windmills and all that. Run the heel on that stuff and practice your plays because you got a game the next week. So I wasn't really bothered. And I never really had an ego to the point where I was like, y'all can't boo me. That's why I couldn't attack anybody because I felt like nobody said anything to me where I could be like, well, look at your shirt and look at who you with because it would just would have been out of character, you know? So, you know, thank God, like I said, I didn't have an ego at the time and it was a learning experience. And, and, uh, you know, I just chalked it up as I'll be better prepared because I really did think I could beat it, you know? But over the course of your career, there there's clearly have been, as it is with anyone's career, my career, anyone with a career, period, you have these disappointments. How do you handle that? How do you push on? And, and I'm going somewhere with this. So I'm, I'm wondering, as someone with a platform and public facing, when things don't work your way, how do you figure it out? And how do you not let the nose stop you? You have to have that village or even that very small, tight-knit community of friends that's like, oh, well. And, and you have two sets in, those, in that same group because you have that group that's like, what you do wrong? I ain't do nothing wrong. I, da, da. And then you had that other group that's that other side of those friends that's like, yo, you'll get them next time. You know, those what you did wrong friends, they're going to challenge you and get mm-hmm. under your skin. But... Mm-hmm. They're your friends and you know they ain't trying to be malicious. Those are your friends. Mm-hmm. And those other friends are almost like your parents and your mama. Well, you know, you're going to get up there and get them next time because it's going to be a next time, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get them next time, right? And you're like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get them next time. And so it's very important not to not to go into a with, withdraw into yourself and, and have self-doubt when nobody is there or around to build you back up. Or to at least put you back even. And that's all you really need is to get back even. Because people knock you down a little bit. You ain't really trying to get up. Just get back even. Back to your normal self just to say, wow, y'all will see me next week. And I think that's extremely important where you're in a business where you're constantly being judged. Constantly being critiqued. People are waiting for you to fail. People are waiting for you to say something that's uh, make a mistake, basically. Because often in our business, we surround our Sells with people that's only interested in that 10%. And if they feel like they can't make that 10% off of you, then they'll constantly, then they'll, they'll move on. And then mm-hmm. you'll feel like they was used, you know, oh, they told me I was this and that, but it's so easy for them to replace you with somebody who won't make a mistake and, or who's just that next person up, you know? The 10% uh, is not necessarily even in money. I've I've come to find out 10% can be the access that you have that you may no longer have. So you don't have those same friends or you don't have those same people calling you friends because you may not have resources or access that you had when you were quote unquote it or popping or whatever it may be. I, I ask that because a lot of comedians that I know and even just there is the narrative that comedians are sad. That privately they spend a lot of their time being really quiet and sad. And the people who love them and know them the most know that. Is that true? Yes, to some degree. I think a lot of those people that fit into that box, that's all they are. That's all they see themselves as. And for me, I mean, I'm just an awesome dude. I love God. (laughs) I love my family. Super smart. I love writing. I love kids. I love you know, building people up. 
And these are just not like talking points where it's just like, oh, these are all the, but I, I think about all the stuff I love to do. I love playing poker. I love, uh, I love gardening. I, I stay in Home Depot and Lowe's in the gardening section. And so when you can retreat back to stuff that you actually love, that has nothing to do with show business, that mm. helps a lot. Um, when people have this, I'm going to make it in show business or burst attitude, then you actually do surround yourself people with people who are only interested in you making, you know, or who only are interested in getting more access to things that you allow them to get access to through you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so and a lot of times I say the 10 percenters is not necessarily the money, but that's the access in your life because that's the only percentage of the time they show up when it's time mm -hmm. to walk into a club, when it's time to go backstage at a concert. That's only 10 percent of your entire life. So those are the 10 percent, <laughs> you know, for, but for, they have the influence over your psyche because you gave them that power. You gave them that power. Ooh. For me, when I when I know people want something for me and they use my name, like I have that that happens a lot to me. Like I, I'm very generous in how I live my life. I'm very open and, and people will use my name to get access. That bothers me more than you would know. And but I I I never say anything about it because it tells me where I put them. So I put them in that place. I'm like, okay, so you're using me. Got it. I see you. I know who you are. That's fine. No big deal. Because it's no, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't affect my spirit and who I am. But I do get bothered by those that you do let in and you give more than 10% and you come to find out, like we all get heartbroken. You're like, oh, oh, you're not my friend. Or, oh, I, I really, you know, and so I haven't learned to turn that part of me off as someone who has any kind of platform or any kind of access. Because if I really ride with you, I ride with you. Um, right. and. It seems to me as of late, as I was scrolling on your page and everyone was talking about it, you, you posted that the that Twitch's death really bothered you um, because yeah. he seemed so happy and so light. Um, and there wow. were all these things floating around Instagram, the people who shine the brightest check on them because they're usually saddest. And I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that's what we're hearing a lot of. Um, and I feel like that's where I was trying to go with this conversation. But you're telling me that you know who you are. You know who your people are. You know how to move beyond the title that you have. How are uh -huh. you able to have your identity outside of actor, comedian, you know, et cetera? How do you have finesse my Alfred, you know? Is it Alfred? Is it Langston Alfred? Alfred, Michael Butler from Batman. I used to... Uh... At first, I did. How are you, Alfred? How are you, Alfred, and not finesse? Well, finesse popped off in college. Um, I didn't want to go into the locker room at the University of Miami and tell them dudes my name was Alfred. <laughs> okay, fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> I want nobody coming at you. Fair. My name is Debo. Yeah, go on. Like I better. <laughs> I'm quick. I was actually uh, trying to holler at this AKA as a freshman. It was sort of like that uh, drumline story where I saw the the sorority girl. And as a freshman, I went up there and tried to spit game. And she smiled and said, Who, so you just think you missed the finesse, huh? And I was just like, <gasps> and somebody, and her girlfriends came over and they said, hey, who's this? And she said, this is Mr. Finesse. And they said, hey, Finesse. And so I was just like, hmm. And then these dudes came over because they knew her. And then they was like, who? And they was, they was like, what you doing? You babysitting? They was trying to like make a joke because I was a freshman. 
And she said, this is Finesse, y'all. And then they said, what's up, Finesse? I like that name. And after that, I was just like, I'm going in this locker room later on today and saying my name is Finesse. Um, but to answer your question, it comes with a lot of disappointment. It comes mm-hmm. working through a lot of betrayal, a lot of disappointment mm-hmm. where you say, you know what? I'll grow from this. Or you know what? That didn't hurt as bad as I thought. Or you know what? Damn, that was messed up. Damn, that was just fucked up. But you know what? I'll be all right. And then the older you get, you realize it stings less and less. Because in mm-hmm. show business, all you're going to do is be getting betrayed. I mean, you know how many times people tell you you got a job and all of a sudden they went in another direction? And that's all they say. That's the only explanation. You, we went in another direction. You know what I mean? And you're just supposed to accept that. And the professionalism is how you accept that bad news. Because these are the same people who are going to be making phone calls on your behalf the next week. So why are you about to go ballistic or cuss them out? Or you said I had the job. I mean, all that stuff. You just have to learn. And when you step out of yourself and, and like I said, get out of your ego, then you realize, oh, guess what? Even when you get the job, Carrie, that's when the work starts and it becomes another job. You know how many people say, I wish I was on TV? I wish I had your job. I wish I was. And you're like, really? Every day. I'm like, oh, okay, come have a seat. <laughs> you wake up? This ain't easy. o'clock in the morning? You want to go? <laughs> you ain't lying. You ain't about Oof. to routine every day and pretend like you every day and have <laughs> every day and, and pretend like you're ready to even interview somebody every day. You got personal shit going on. You got people you mm-hmm. got to get Christmas gifts for. You got mm-hmm. you got hard conversations to have with people that you are mm-hmm. about to cut them off this year. Twenty twenty three is the year I'm getting rid of at least. 20% of more dead weight. Dead weight. We have to stop right there because we have to pay bills even during the holidays. So fast forward through the commercials or listen to them. They may be exciting. Uh, we will be right back in just a few moments. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Thank you for paying attention and sticking around. Here is more with Vanessa Mitchell. But all that stuff weighs on you because I realized in Twitch's situation, man, I thought that dude was so happy. Everybody. I mean, all you had to do was go to work, play a couple of records, dance if they had dance. dance, because that's what you love to do. It's not like you tap dancing. That's what you love to do. So much so that even in your spare time, you dancing with your wife and your family, you still doing routines. Your house looked amazing. Your family is beautiful. <laughs> so why on earth would why on earth would this happen? It, and if it and if it did happen to you for the reasons that we speculate, what does that say about somebody like me or somebody like, you know, I got a friend that owes me money, Gary, and I'm so sick mm-hmm. of the person owing me money, but I keep giving this person money. And it got to the point where I didn't hear from the person and my anger went to concern. Mm. Then after I finally heard from the person, not because they were ducking me, but I knew they were stressed. And, 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 I, and I had to call around and, and check the temperature with people that also know the person. And they're like, yeah, this person undisappeared. So now my anger went to, to concern and I realized, you know what? It was not enough money for me to one day get a phone call that something bad happened to this person. So let mm-hmm. me check my temperature and then, you know, I'll deal with it accordingly. But it, sometimes you just have to take a step back and say, man, even if things are going great for me right now, at this moment in time, I knew all my ups and downs. I knew who I had around me when things were super low. And that one phone call that turned my attitude around that made me think, oh, OK, it's going to be a better day tomorrow. I mean, sometimes people That's just right. don't have that. And maybe in Twitch's moment of need, he just didn't have that right phone call. or didn't know who to call because people always think things are great. And I just thought that was devastating because you could tell he literally made nothing out of something. And and and, pretty- and he made everyone happy around him. There's not a person in the circle of circles that we live in, the folks here in L.A., like the 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 life that we know. It's not someone he hasn't touched. Wasn't D Wade, Dwayne Wade was considered. Perhaps they offered him the Ellen DeGeneres show, and and he didn't really want to do it because he got he said he had other things going on. I'm not speaking out of turn. 
He had other things going on. He wanted to be with his family and friends, but he was like, that man lit my life up. When I was there, um, it was fun. It was light. And it was his his purpose, what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And he was like, today's such a sad day. And then I think, well, as a man, and I don't know, I don't know the reasons. We'll never really know the reasons. Uh-huh. But if you can't provide, let's say if it was about, you know, he couldn't provide for his family. How tough is that for a man if you can't provide for your family? I think uh, if you give a damn, I mean, that's probably like, you know, the majority of the stress on your life. Because one thing about finances, it definitely trickles into every aspect of a relationship. You forget why you fell in love. You forgot Mm. why you got married in the first place. You having Mm. kids now, but now you're looking at the kids like a burden instead of a blessing. Mm. So finances definitely weigh such a huge option. I mean, just such a a huge portion of your life because one thing we do as men, and I'm not going to say black men, I'm just going to say men, period. That's why I said men. I just exactly. I didn't go black. I said a man, period. Yeah. One thing about men, especially in any form of entertainment, we just live beyond our means, you know? Mm. Now, this is me speculating. Okay, I'm I'm not thinking, I'm thinking how blessed Twitch is to have a house with those type of windows. I've always wanted those sliding glass doors for the whole Oh, that's funny. Wall. Hey, wait, wait a second. You were watching social media and that's what you thought? When you would watch his social media? Really? When I when I was watching when I was watch Twitch dance and he'd be at the house, I would say, he has a beautiful home. Ooh, I want that that movable wall where it just the whole wall opens up to out. Yeah. I want sure. that. You know, but then Say if it's a situation where you think you can't, somebody can't provide. A, we don't know Twitch's contract to be Ella's co-host. We don't know how much money Twitch was making. But then, what if you bought a two point five million dollar home, and now your and and now your 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 mortgage is is almost twenty grand a month, and that's easy to do out here in LA. That's easy to do to have a mortgage is fifteen k a month. What if you or what if he was. But what if he was struggling just with mental health? Yeah. That's what if that was it? What if all that oh. is a factor? What if finances played a factor? What What if okay. just his mental health was, it was just all mental health based? You know, what if the reason Ellen told him I love you every time after a show was because she knew he was struggling with something? But she only knew that mm-hmm. because she actually got to know him personally. You know, mm-hmm. he just wasn't the guy who who's my DJ. Because I know a lot yeah. of people who pick a co-host just because demographics say, yeah, now we need a black male since yeah. you're a white woman. Or now since you're yeah. a white male host, we need a black musical director just to bring in. Back. That happens all the time out here. That don't make not really sense just because y'all see each other every day. Nope. Now let's flip it with Ellen. Ellen don't look like she have the greatest days every day either mm-hmm. you know she 10 years 10, 10 plus years into her show to the point where we're hearing rumors oh ellen's being mean to her staff oh it, yeah. Ella? she looks like the light of light on tv you know yep so you just never know out here you know you never know in this yeah i was gonna say at the end of the day you never know and 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 so 
And so back to the original thought was as a comedian, as anyone, but anybody with a platform, I'm talking about you, anyone with a platform where you, your, your, your access, your life, your, your resources are, are, are really dependent sometimes on someone just thinking you're the one. It's so subjective and it, yeah. and, and, and it's so, um, it could hurt your ego. Like someone has to choose you and say you are the one and rejection is, um, it's tough. It's hard. And you seem to have balanced it so well. And it's this identity piece. You're more than just the titles that go behind your name if someone's introducing you on a show. Right. Somebody somebody said, man, Finesse, you're doing it. And I said, I'm doing it. He said, man, you're doing everything you said you was going to do. And I said, well, I am? Because I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not. Because I used to always say, you know, I want to be Will Smith running down the street you know, with the gun and bad boys, like I want to be that guy. And then, you know, certain people in Hollywood will say, yeah, but we got that guy. And until they done with that guy, we don't need another that guy, you know. And then they will go down the hierarchy from Will Smith to Jamie Foxx to people who have a comedic background from a Mike Epps to a whoever. You know, even if they don't choose the comedic actor, then they'll choose a real actor and give them funny stuff to say. And lo and behold, look, we didn't know he was that funny. But they're not going to let too many black male comedians be the Will Smith, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of waiting your turn or or you're going to self-produce. And before all this, you know, social media and everything else, it wasn't hard. It was it was super hard to self producing self-finance or find financing for your own projects and movies that wasn't going to go anywhere. So, you know, yeah, you'd be frustrated. But I think that um, this dude who came up to me and he was talking to me about all my accomplishments, he was like, yeah, you said you was going to marry a badass woman and help, and help a family. And look at you, man. Every time you post your family, be like, he did it. And it totally very redirected my thinking. Because I was like, yeah, I did say I'm going to come to L.A. and marry a badass woman and have some kids. You know what I mean? I, I was saying that. And he, 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 he attributed that to success for me. Because I had said that's what would make me happy at that time. Mm-hmm. Then I had to go back and say, you know what? So it's not about running down the street in a movie with a gun and being blockbuster A-list star. Because for me, it was always about I know I'm going to do this comedy ground for a long time, but that relationship shit, that is the, that is the shit that trips everybody up. So how to find the right person out here in LA who will be that rock through all those disappointments and all those wins, but stay consistently loving you and consistently lifting you up and give you some kids and you guys be able to parent together and, and work through problems together and where you don't switch up on each other and, you actually put in the work to do better and get better as, as individuals. And then as a, yeah. and for me, yeah. I realized that I had found that. And so it does make it easier when there's a no, or they went in another direction. Phone call happens. Or God, but you know what though, finesse, that's not it. That's not enough for some people. Yeah, but I'm not them. I got to worry about me in that, in that, in that regard, because I just, but that's the right, but that's the right attitude to have. And I hate that, that that's not enough for some people. 
Yeah. That's the that's the way you have to look at life. Yeah. That's all that matters. When it's all said and done at the end of the day is your family, and people who love you. You, you. I mean, I don't know anybody, anybody who can be on top of this world in this business. You can be on camera and you can own ESPN. But if you get that phone mm-hmm. call that so-and-so passed away, you're just as human as yep. everybody else. You still got to go to a wake, a funeral. You got to plan something. You got to fight with them cousins who told you you thought you're too good for the family. (laughs) (laughs) You've been to Thanksgiving, Christmas. Oh, you (laughs) shot. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. That girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Connected with I think the what you're saying to me um, makes sense. And I was, I've was i been trying to, like a lot of people, and, I, and maybe some of this stuff just doesn't need to make sense. I've been trying to make sense of what I thought. And we say this all the time about social media. 
it's not real. What you see on social media isn't real. And when I have you here, I'm like, oh, it's perfect timing. I could ask him. He's a performer. He makes people laugh. You bring people joy. Mm-hmm. You, um, people look at you and think, oh, okay, he's funny. He's happy all the time. And I oh, just wow. feel like it's just not. <laughs> my wife, my wife called me rah rah. <laughs> She's like, am I? What's that mean? Mess or am I talking to rah rah? You know, and I'm like, like, like rah rah. Oh, okay, like that, right? Okay. <laughs> no, like rah rah, like rah rah, like. You know, oh. <laughs> yeah, like don't, don't bring rah rah over here today, because you know sometimes the human side of me is that I do get upset and I do get disappointed. Of course, and you do try to take it out sometimes on the people closest to you or next to you in the moment. And she like don't bring don't bring rah rah over here, you know. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But you know when you temper that 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 personality that side of your personality. And directed in the in the right toward the right people or just in the right direction, uh, you do get things done. You don't want to be, you know, somebody difficult to work with. But sometimes you got to let people know exactly what you want and exactly mm-hmm. where you going. And if they can't help you get there, mm-hmm. get out of my way or stop pretending because mm-hmm. I ain't playing. Mm-hmm. You know. And so yeah, I make you laugh, but that's the show part. The business part is to put me in a position to make more people laugh or to make pe- more people feel my impact because, you know, I got things I want to accomplish. I need people that's going to help me do that. You know, if I'm doing all the work, I don't really, that's going to piss me off because you're you not did, doing did. what you said you're going to do. Yeah, I'm, and that's when rah-rah come out. As everybody should have a rah-rah. Every, rah-rah is protect. Everybody should have a rah-rah because you're going to protect my interest. While I'm up here making people laugh and feel good, I need somebody to protect my interest. You ain't got to tell me about that. Right. I Okay, so I here's my, my, my last question for you. Uh-huh. What advice do you have for those who are trying to get into the business or who are currently at the beginning stages of being in this business in the way in which you live, actor, comedian, entertainer, what, what advice do you have for them to protect their mental? You talked about your family. Is that the key? Get you a good family? Get you a good group of people that love you? Well, family, How do they maintain? A, family don't have to be related to. That's one. Okay. You got to get you some good people who see the vision and they're honest, honest enough to say, that shirt don't go with them pants. <laughs> You can't be around people who say you killing it every outfit you put on. There ain't no because it's not true. It's not true. Ain't no way (laughs) to kill it every single time you step out the house if you're the only one picking out outfits. So you gotta be around some people that say them shoes. That's what you're doing. Gonna do them shoes, and then (laughs) come back. You'd be like, oh yeah, okay. And you have to be willing. To not go to the default of you hating. No, they ain't. They knew you when you yeah. didn't have a pair of shoes. So yeah. why all of a sudden are they hating? They not hating. So I think if you want to get into this business, A, you can't be the smartest person on your team. Mm. B, you have to surround yourself with people who see the vision, who are going to support you, uh, especially emotionally. Um. You have to plan out financially how you are going to survive when shit is not working as fast as you want it to work. You have to have a plan. You have to have a job. 
You have to have some sort of nine to five or something that's going to sustain you until the side hustle becomes the main hustle. And then after that, you have to always think at least six months ahead. You've got to plant seeds that you think are not going to be cultivated six, until six months later. But if you keep planting them, stuff just start flowing. And when you start saying, hey, he owned everything, that's because he done built their relationships two years, three years, four years back. And sometimes those lunches and meetings and people that you take time to say what's up to, it, it means the world to them. You was just saying what's up. But sometimes those people get into positions where yeah. it just helps you out. I'll never, I was doing an ABC pilot. And at the table from Warner Brothers Studios, everybody's at this big room and we're reading the pilot. And the kid who was playing the little boy in the pilot, he was not a little boy, but he's playing a, a very vital role in the show. He came up to me and he said, who was that? And he showed me his phone and it was a picture of me and him. But it was from like mm. five years ago. And I'm like, That's, mm. is that you? He said, at the Chicago Improv, I waited in line to do the meet and greet and to speak to you. He said, you took a picture with me. You gave me advice. You told me just to keep going, surround myself around some good people. And I cannot believe we on the same show. And I looked at him, Carrie, and I was like, damn, I must be fucking up if you caught up to me that fast. <laughs> damn, you already in the same room with me? It took me 20 years to get in this room. But, uh, right, right. But yeah. I say all that to say that, but if if people follow those five steps, that's a damn good start. And if you're in and if yeah. you're in stand up comedy, there's really not much you can say that's original. It's all been said. So try your best to tell your story on stage because that's the way you'll stand yeah. out. Solid advice. I'm taking it for myself. I'm gonna use it for myself. Do that. You. And but I now, look at you and be like, Harry, you killing it. I see you everywhere. And if this door closes, you open, you opening up this door, you going down this lane. I do. But I, I, I do. And I feel like <laughs> that's what we all do. We all figure ways to figure it out, to continue yep. to do what we love. I think, I think you said something really important and I, you know, and I'll expound or expand and said, and said rap of it is it's the relationships that you nurture. I think, in this, in any business, but this one in particular, it's about how you how you treat people, how you handle them, how they they remember how you made them feel. Definitely. Um, and for me, I don't remember certain relationships. So now I have my own show on Amazon, and I didn't. And it came to me just like this. Mm-hmm. Hey, my agent called me. They want to give you your own show on Amazon. They're starting a new sports network. So it's Monday through Friday, and I was like, "But what? Who is they?" there's an executive by the name of so-and-so. And And I'm like, executive? He used to come on my show on ESPN. What are you talking about? He's not an, he was an on-air personality who I used to let come on the show all the time because he wanted to talk about the Utah jazz when they didn't really matter. And I would do it. I'm like, fine, because his wife was from Utah. Uh I used to make fun of him because he was just, I mean, just ridiculous, not to read ridiculous. Be careful, edit that out. Um, And so he ended up being an executive at this production company well, and he never forgets how I made him feel. Because like, I just want to offer her a show. I think she'd be great on this network. What? Now, that's the example. 
of that 10%. He wasn't a part of that 10%. He didn't care that I wasn't on ESPN Monday through Friday anymore. He cared about who I was and what, and how I made him feel and what he thought about me and how kind I was to him in passing mm-hmm. and the work that we would always talk about. And I always tell people, like, just be your true authentic self, the the rah-rah, right? <laughs> and the finesse of it, all of that. You, I show everybody all of that. I don't hide it. Um, and I think that's how you you remain working in this business. And 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 everybody's not going to have a story about how they like you, but they will have a story about how they respect how hard you work and what you made them feel when you did work with them. Uh, and so I use that going forward. I try to always plant the seeds. You gave solid advice. I think the biggest takeaway, though, is that I appreciate you saying you know your identity outside of who you are. It took me a while to learn that. I and you knew identity. you. I was. I know my identity outside of who people think I am. That's the key. Well said. With that, I must wrap because that was perfect. Finesse the Don Dada. Alfred. <laughs> also. I forgot also. that that was my screen name. <laughs> and, and that's why you're like, why she keeps saying that? <laughs> and I look like, I'm so ignorant. <laughs> it's fine. Thank you for coming on Naked. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for the invite. And it was yeah. absolutely one of those times, Carrie, at one of those ESPN mm-hmm. events when I went up to you and I said something and you were very sweet and very pleasant. And I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. And so to see your name pop up years later, like, would you like to? Absolutely. I would like to be on her show. You know what I mean? Amen. Because I receive it. Like you said, it, like you said, it comes full circle about the smallest interaction could lead to something bigger later yeah. down the road. You never know. And now we're friends. So now I'm going to see you. I'm like, what up? We'll have drinks at the next event. Now we're friends. <laughs> now be friends. All right. Lovely. 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 Again, I love Finesse for joining us. I, by the time you are listening to this, will be, believe it or not, in Ghana. I'm going to Africa. I'm in Africa by the time you listen to this. I'm in Africa. So don't at me. You can at me. I'll still be on social media. Uh, but I'm going to Ghana for the holidays. That sounds very fancy. But every time I go to Ghana, I usually try to go around this time. This is my second time going. But I try every year with, within the last like three or four years, I try to go to Ghana Um because there is something about going to the motherland. If you ever get the opportunity to go to the motherland, it settles you. It reminds you of your purpose. It also reminds you of your power. I know that we spend a lot of time on social media and other places saving our money to go to all of these quote unquote exotic places, London, Europe, St. Bart's, Tahiti, all the things you think you should go to, Egypt, all the things you see on social media, but where you should actually be is spending and saving all of your money to go to visit your homeland, whatever that may be. And for me, uh, according to 23andMe, (laughs) my DNA says my ancestors are there in West Africa, and that's where I go. And it has been amazing. And I, I know that by the time that you hear this, I will be in full throes of learning more about my ancestors and the heritage um, and the strength of, of our people of my people. And so I'm grateful um, as we head into the new year that I have an opportunity to do that. I encourage you, even if you can't, you know, get up and go to Africa on Tuesday, that's not a trip everybody can make. I'm aware. I don't want to sound privileged and unaware. Uh, I do encourage you to take this time, if you have time off, to do a little soul searching. Talk to the people you love. Find friends that are like family. Hang out with your family if you love being with your family. But do a little soul searching during the holidays. 
don't feel the pressure to to not explore who you are uh, just because you feel like you need to buy presents and hang out. That's not what the holidays are for. So that's just my advice to you um, as we try to make sense of this crazy, senseless world that we live in. I really do appreciate you for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will talk to you all next year. I've been dying to say that. I'll talk to y'all next year, 2023. Have a good one. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.